0: This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi everyone, I'm Trinidad Santos here with Look West. You've probably gone your voter's ballot by now and noticed there are a lot of important issues on it. Well, there's one less issue than there could have been thanks to a deal brokered between two groups who've been feuding for decades. With me today are Assembly Majority Leader Elise Gomez-Reyes, Lisa Mas, Executive Director of Californians Alive for Patient Protection, and Craig Peters, President of the Consumer Attorneys of California. I want to start a conversation with you, Majority Leader Reyes. This issue has been festering for 50 years. Can you explain to us just what is MICRA?
1: Well, Trinidad, I'm glad that you used the word festering because this has been festering for too, too long. Five decades, as you've said. Uh, MICRA is the Medical Injury Compensation Reform Act that was originally signed by then Governor Jerry Brown in 1975. And it, what it did is it established medical malpractice limit limits on the awards that could be given on me- medical malpractice. They said at that time that it was done because the cost of medical malpractice insurance was skyrocketing. Um, but then we also needed to have some protection for those Who were injured at the hands of of someone who had committed malpractice. AB 35 basically modernizes the, modernizes Micra. Um, Under this legislation, it is the caps that are now going to be changed. Under the old law, under Micra, didn't matter how seriously you had been injured, it didn't matter if one of your loved ones was, was. Died as a result of the malpractice, the most you could ever receive for non-economic damages was $250,000, period. That was for non-economic damages. Now with AB 35, the increase is going to go to $350,000 if it's for injury, in other words, non-death cases. And if someone has died as a result of the malpractice, uh, the, the increase goes from 250, which it, which is what it was, to $500,000 for a wrongful death case. Again, we're talking about non-economic damages. It, under AB 35, there's also incremental increases uh, for the next 10 years. And after 10 years, that half will be at $750,000 for non-economic damages for a personal injury, non-death case and $1 million if it is a wrongful death case. After that, it's a 2% annual inflationary adjustment that's going to apply. AB 35 also talks about um, contingency fee caps that uh, also addresses that, and also addresses for our doctors who express sympathy or benevolence or even fault at that moment to, to not have that used against them. So this, this represents a historical compromise between organizations that had been at odds with one another for so long. They all wanted the same thing to protect our patients, but we didn't have the right way to, to reach that compromise. And now we have AD 35. And can I just say how grateful I am uh, with all of those who worked tirelessly to reach this agreement.
0: Something that our our listeners will also probably want to know is how did you even get into this legislation? How did how did you start getting into micro?
1: I will tell you that as an attorney of over 30 years, this is something that we all have been um, involved in in one way or another. We all know someone who was injured. Some of us also know the doctors who have been um, sued for malpractice. So this area has been important. Senator Tom Umberg and myself, I think were selected specifically because of our interest in the area, also because of our legal and historical understanding of the issue itself. And I have to add, it must have been also because of our reputation as honest brokers also, when it comes to compromising and negotiating really tough pieces of legislation.
2: I would agree with everything the uh, assembly member said. In addition, I think um, it was the time that the uh, our organization, which represents uh, physicians, dentists, nurses, hospitals, clinics, the whole healthcare community. Came together with the group that Craig represents the Consumer Attorneys of California to try to avoid uh, a very costly ballot initiative that was going to be on the ballot in November. And in those discussions, which uh, we are always encouraged to have as you prepare to uh, go forward with the ballot initiative or to fight a ballot initiative, that's when the two sides came together and started talking about what would be a reasonable way to resolve this issue and help protect folks in California, um, the most vulnerable populations, uh, and continue to uh, continue with the protections that Micra provides and that's where I think we came together with this compromise of both sides sitting down and coming to a good solution to uh, modernize Micra.
0: Thank you Lisa. Do you want to add anything Craig?
3: Yeah, I you know it's it's kind of interesting when you've been um you know kind of at odds if you will with with one another for so long um you start to lose sight sometimes of where you actually have some common ground. And so that was one of the interesting things I think about this process was, we realized that there was quite a bit of common ground that we shared and it was just a matter of trying to figure out how to get there um, so that each side's interests um, could not only be listened to but could be addressed in an effective way through this legislation. Uh, And I think that's ultimately what moved the ball forward.
0: All right, so we've talked about what micra is, how AB35 changed it. Can we talk a little bit more about it in the in a personal sense? Uh for example, can you give us an example of who this could affect and how? How does AB35 personally affect someone?
3: Um I'll jump in on this one if I can. You know, one of our concerns for those of us who represent people um you, you know, who've been the victims of of uh, you know negligence. Sometimes there's multiple parties that um, have done something wrong, and the old Micra only allowed for a single cap for all defendants. And um, you know, my hat goes off to the medical community for you know recognizing that sometimes that might create some unfairness, and so they were willing uh, to work with us to find some creative ways where those folks can. Recover from multiple wrongdoers, um, you know, when the facts support it and the evidence supports it, um, which allows them to get a a more fair result uh, in their case. And so, I I think that was that was one of the big changes um, that maybe gets overlooked sometimes. Obviously, the cap changing was a big one, but also at least the ability, um, in limited circumstances, for people to be able to recover from. Uh, multiple different defendants uh, for each for, for the cap um, each one being responsible for the cap and that that was a big change that was um, you know again I, I know that was um, a source of um, concern on for for folks on the other side and we understood that um, and we figured out I think I hope everybody feels like this was a a, a fair compromise to address everybody's concern, uh, including those folks who you know who are the victims of, of medical malpractice.
2: I think that the um, the strength of AB 35 is to ultimately provide a and continue to provide a stable medical liability environment that preserves access to care through ensuring that our safety net providers like community clinics like Planned Parenthood like emergency room physicians can continue to provide our state's most vulnerable patients with access to safe, affordable healthcare. Also making sure that those who have experienced a healthcare related injury are fairly compensated. And the intent of this law is that the, in addition, is that patients will have more closure when doctors can acknowledge the injury, can apologize for what has happened and um, that will also be a big change come 2023 when the law is enacted.
1: I I think something that is clear is that you have the stakeholders who it's like you get together behind closed doors and you try to figure out what really is best for all Californians this is something that was in the making for a long time. And as legislators, I think Senator Umberg would agree, sometimes we just need to get out of the way to allow those who've been working on this against each other to find, as Craig has mentioned, that common ground to, to do what is right for all, for everyone. In, in I think the positive impact this is going to have is going to be on the entire healthcare sector, because it's for the individuals who are found to have been harmed due to that medical injury caused by a physician or an institution or an ambulance, whatever the the category is, or all three, and to be able to seek greater compensation, uh, more just compensation, but it's also being done in a way that will stabilize Healthcare prices and sets a path for appropriate updates to take place in the future. Something like this does not happen unless everyone decides that a compromise is going to is going to be the best thing. I really appreciate Lisa's comments about the fact that that when you look at here, we have a a, a proposition, um, a ballot measure that had been put before that was going to be put before the voters by a gentleman whose son had been harmed. And it was very personal for him. When, when this agreement was reached, this it was, it was a joyous day for him because he knew that he had provided something that was going to help the rest of those who in the future were going to be, in, who might be injured, but still provide the same stability with the guardrails that, 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 that would be necessary for this kind of a compromise.
3: I could just add. I, I think one of the important things to everybody was, you know, not not just to find a compromise for now, but to try and find a compromise that would be, um, let's call it, a lasting peace. Right. Um, one of the things we spent a lot of time talking about in the negotiations was how often we weren't working together. Um, that is, kind of, the medical community and the plaintiffs' legal community on things that we really both felt like we should be working together on. And it was because of this, you know, this sort of thorn in everybody's side. And so to find a lasting peace, um, not only, uh, you know, puts this issue to rest, hopefully for at least the rest of my life, um, but, you know, hopefully also leads to collaboration on a lot of issues that, you know that we'd like to work together on um, and you know kind of what's going on nationally now is a, is a really good example lisa mentioned planned parenthood um that's an organization that is near and dear to the hearts of a lot of our members um, and certainly protecting those folks who are providing services to the most needy most disenfranchised most marginalized among us um, whatever kind of health care they may need whether we're talking about uh, abortions or basic health care um, whether it's emergency care, clinic care, um, that's something that our organization can always get behind and would love to be a supporter on and a defender of uh, on behalf of the medical community. So I think that's was a big part of all of this was that kind of op- opportunity for everybody. Um, and that drove people to, you know, maybe bend a little bit more on both sides than they wanted to at times. Um, you know, make no mistake there, you know, in our perfect world, this is not, you know, if if either side could have made the rules, this is not the rule that would have been made. But as it turns out, and as Majority Lee Reyes points out, um, sometimes that actually is what creates the best result, right, is when you actually have to sit down and try to figure all this out. Um, and again, I, you know, I can't say it enough, but my hat's off to... Medical community for you know being willing to engage in the discussion and being honest and frank about it and uh, you know it was it was hard there was a lot of hard moments, um, but everybody stuck with it and and got to this result that I think everybody is happy with.
2: And to add on to what Craig just said, um, I I want to point out that one of the things I'm most proud of is. The letter of support that Craig and I signed for our two organizations that we distributed to every legislator's office in the building um, to let them know that we were working together to pass AB 35. We lobbied this bill together. Our both sides got calls from multiple legislators asking us if we were supportive of the deal. And with us every step of the way was the majority leader supporting us, encouraging us. If we thought that there was a uh, a problem that was coming up, she helped us resolve it. It was a once the two sides had made the agreement, we are walking lockstep to make sure that this bill would get passed. And the anticipation of both Californians Allied for Patient Protection and the Consumer Attorneys of California is that if there are challenges to this bill, that we would oppose them together because we want to see how this uh, law plays out. We need to see how it works in the real world, and we are committed together to maintain it, Um, and I look forward to that.
0: Uh, what is important about the compromise? Not necessarily just for micro, but in a wider legislative sense. K- kind of. Um, is
1: this an example for other issues? Oh, we expect that this will only be the beginning of more opportunities for everyone here, all the parties that are that are represented here, to work together. Because I think this is not just an important piece of legislation. In and of itself, but it also the, 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 it's a negotiation that set the framework for partnerships moving forward. I think it's it was a very important compromise.
3: Yeah, and I will say that at least from our perspective, from the consumer attorneys' perspective, um, being able to you know bridge this gulf that had lasted for so long. Um, I think create, might have created some inspiration. Now this this law was passed in, in 1974 and, and signed into law in 1975. Uh, there's another law out there that was for insurance minimums um, and we had been battling with the insurance minimums for auto insurance and, and we had been sort of had a similar battle with the insurance companies over that and I think the insurance companies sort of saw what had happened with Micra and said well, maybe we can find common ground with them and Lo and behold, that 1967 law um, just got signed into law, SB 1107, 1155, because um, the insurers and again the, the consumer attorneys were able to to find common ground that made sense for everybody. Um, again, our interest was trying to you know protect people who are most disenfranchised and marginalized, and their interest was you know being able to have a successful business, and we found that common ground. So I think there was a th- this you know I think you can hear it in the majority leader. Reyes's voice, and certainly you saw it that day at the signing, um, and all of us, I think, were feeling that this kind of um, amazing elation that we were able to get over this hump, uh, and it sort started to make other things seem possible, and so I think there might have been a little bit of a, uh, a cascading effect that caused us to get some other good legislation done.
0: So, I'd like each of you to give me one statement about Micra AB 35 and why this issue is important to you.
2: After decades of debate about this issue, AB 35 demonstrates what's possible when all the stakeholders are unified in their commitment to put the interests and well being of Californians ahead of historic conflicts. Under this bill, the rights of patients will be protected and the essential guardrails will be kept in place in the medical malpractice laws. Um, This deal makes sure that America's largest state, the patients, their families are well cared for. And I appreciate the willingness of Craig Peters and the Consumer Attorneys of California to partner with the healthcare community of Californians Allied for Patient Protection on this issue. But it would not have been done without the wonderful work of Majority Leader Reyes, uh, Senator Tom Umberg, and the other legislators who came together to make sure that this bill uh, was introduced and signed into law in a short period of time.
3: Um, You know, I think for me, as somebody who does medical malpractice cases um, from time to time and speak with a lot of potential clients. Um, I think for me, the biggest um, relief, if you will, about this is that um, people like, um, you know, Bob Pack and Scott Olson and a number of these patient advocates who, you know, have been concerned about this issue. um, I think, feel, I hope they feel a sense of relief and peace that the sides could come together and come to a reasonable um, middle ground that addressed their concerns, um, that made them feel like the, the losses that, that they suffered within their family, you know, Tim and Tammy Smick, Tammy Smick was at the signing and Charles Johnson and, and Mia Moreno and that Shonda Shawna Wesley. I mean, there's so many folks who have been, you know, concerned about this issue and working towards this issue. And and I, similar to Lisa, you know, my hat's off again to uh, the entire medical community that was a part of this because I I got the sense, the very real sense that they heard those patients and those patient advocates' concerns. And that's a big part of what drove us to this middle ground, um, was everybody was hearing each other. And so I hope that those patient advocates uh, those folks who had been affected by this issue um, feel heard and feel a sense of relief that that their efforts um, ultimately paid off. Um, that that would be my greatest hope out of all of this.
1: The, this modernization of micro was really important because we don't live in the same world we did in 1975. This was a much-needed modernization that is essential given the nearly 50 years that have passed. Times have changed, MICRA hadn't. Uh, Although there have been countless efforts, as has, has been noted earlier, countless efforts to update the language in MICRA, there've been little success. But this year, the stakeholders representing patients and the medical community were determined to provide a balanced and equitable solution and they succeeded. And the result is AB 35, which represents a monumental agreement for the benefit of all involved. I I will tell you that just as important is not just AB 35, but the fact that this bill shows, showed and shows what can happen when stakeholders come together and despite their differences, are committed to getting something done and actually do get something done.
0: So now we've come to basically our namesake question. How do you think California is doing at protecting both groups? And why should the nation look West on this particular issue?
2: I will, I'll just start off by saying that every state has different laws regarding medical malpractice. But the really significant piece in this legislation in ab 35 um the compromise that we came came to some of the elements were from other states laws so i believe that in the future other states will look at the process that we went through to uh, come to an agreement they will look at the language that we've used in this legislation including as uh, Eloise pointed out the benevolent gesture and apologizing for the injury, looking at all of the different elements of this law and taking that um, and perhaps utilizing it across the country for some of uh, the changes that they may propose.
3: You know, I don't know that other states will necessarily look to California. Um, I think California is viewed. uh, uh, I, I think it can be a polarizing state for some other states, um, but I think that what probably every state could take from this process was that the process, um, kind of regardless of how far apart two sides seem, if you can, um, if you can really spend the time to to listen, to to work out the differences to find the common ground first um, and then start working on the details after, Um, you know, you can actually, you can do some amazing things.
1: I said a little bit about this before. I really believe it. In California, we not only talk about progress, but we do achieve it. The nation should look west to California because AB 35 shows that no issue is too big or too polarizing that we cannot come together and find common ground and progress. Here in California, here in the West, anything is possible.
0: Thank you, Assembly Majority Leader Reyes, Lisa Mas, and Craig Peters for joining us today for this important conversation. I'm Trinidad Santos, and thanks for listening to Look West. The Look West podcast is produced by California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian
1: politics, remember to look west.